All right, well, let's get back into the Word today. And uh, I've been teaching a series called Getting Over It. And uh, there are still some principles lying out there that are necessary for your victorious, overcoming life. Anybody interested in, in being over, an overcomer? Come on. I tell you what, it's so, so valuable, so precious and important. Uh, let's look at our two uh, foundational passages and let's read these together. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, say it out loud with me. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Is that your verse? Come on, that's your, make it yours. Who gives me the victory. And then 2 Corinthians 2, 14 reads, uh, say it with me. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Amen. All right? That means you smell like victory. That means the victory, that's the, that's the knowledge of victory. It's the knowledge of the Lord's triumph over death, over the devil, and how that knowledge is given to us, and we have victory everywhere. Yeah, this is who we are. You are not, as a, if you're a Christian, you are not a defeated uh, failure. Okay, that's not your DNA, if you will. It's not your spiritual heritage. You have something working in you causing you to overcome. Our job is to believe it. Our job is to receive good words like this. Now, some of the things I've said to you previously, let me quickly rehearse how to live an overcoming life. Number one, make God your source. Right? Number two, refuse to fear. Number three, control your tongue. Watch your mouth. And number four, take steps of faith. This is a key component I want to address today. If I am going to overcome, say, is there anything I need to do? Absolutely. Take faith steps. Take actions of faith. Not just take action. Not just do something. So it's better to do something than to do nothing. No, <laughs> you could do the wrong thing and it could get worse. But take steps of faith. If you would, if you have a Bible, turn with me to the book of 1 John chapter 5. 1 John is, of course, the, the epistle of John at the end of the Bible, close there to Revelation. 1 John chapter 5. And notice with me, verses 4 and 5. John writes here, inspired by the Spirit, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So if you're born of God, what do you do? Overcome the world. So born of God is the same as born again. If you're saved, if you're a Christian, you have been born of God. That doesn't mean born of mom. All right? Not everyone born of mom is an overcomer but those who were born of God. Say, wasn't God the creator of all? Yes, but this, when you read this language in the New Testament, it's talking about being born again, meaning your spirit was made alive in Christ. You're no longer spiritually dead, alienated from God and his promises and separated from his power, but you're now enjoined together with him. You're a child of God. So if you're born of God, any of us can say this, I am a world overcomer. All right. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Here's the answer. Ready? Our faith. This is the victory. How, how do we do this? 
by faith. We do it by faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And so by faith, we overcome. We can say it multiple ways, but we overcome visual problems with an invisible belief, an invisible faith. That there's a difference between, and there's supposed to be, those who know God and those who don't. If I find myself uh, dealing with endeavoring to overcome challenges of life in the exact same manner as someone who doesn't know God, I determine that I'm missing something. In other words, problems we face are, the scriptures would say it this way, common to man. In other words, they're similar, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever. But our method of getting victory over those problems should not be the same. In other words, if I act just like my heathen neighbor, okay, then what do I have that, that they don't have? Shouldn't I have an advantage? I mean, if I'm connected to the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the savior of the world, if I have a, if I have a relationship with him, a connection with him, and he likes me, shouldn't I have an advantage when I'm dealing with opposition or obstacles in life? 100% I should. But if I don't know the method, if I don't know the, the tools I should use, if I don't know the weapons I should use, then I'm probably going to act just like every other person on the planet who doesn't know God. And that's what we want to avoid. Uh, you know, again, the average person who doesn't have a relationship with God, they're not saying, I've got this challenge at work, I've got this problem in my family, I'm going to use my faith. Why? Because they don't even know what that means. They don't know how to do that. They don't know what that means. They don't, but, but the believer ought to have that kind of verbiage. Well, I got this challenge, but thank God I also have faith in God and faith in his word. And so I will use my faith in him to deal with this situation. Okay. But this is something, even if we're believers, even if we are by nature, world overcomers, we still have to know how this works. All right. You might be familiar with 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4, which reads, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Notice the language there. The weapons of our warfare. The, the, the what? The weapons. So apparently... Believers have spiritual weapons, all right? Just like you would have a natural weapon, you know, a gun or some kind of club or something like that. In, in that type of fight, we have spiritual weapons. And therefore, if I know that to be true, I should ask the, que the question, am I using spiritual weapons or am I just saying, oh, I'm just trying to hold on, just trying to make it through, just trying to survive? Or am I pulling out my spiritual weapons? Right? If you have a nail sticking up and you have a hammer, I suggest you use it. Pull out the hammer and hit the nail. Drive it in. What if I don't have a hammer? Then you're probably going to try to use something else that is going to be less successful. 
Or what if I don't know how to use a hammer? Well, again, I'm, I'm going to struggle with my nail. But if I have a hammer and there is a nail, I'm set up to win. I see success in my future. That nail is not going to beat me. I am going to conquer that nail. <laughs> if I have a, a, a problem in this world and I have faith and I know it and I know how to use it, I see victory in my future. I mean, my hopes are high. I got expectation. Things are going to be okay. Someone said, are you okay? I said, you got that nail sticking out. You going to be all right? I mean, that's a pretty big nail. It's up there query high. How you doing? Well, I'm fine. I got a hammer. I mean, you don't even need to waste any of your time being concerned about me. Don't stay up late at night thinking about my problem. I have a hammer. Chill. Okay. I see you've been going through some problems. You've got to have some difficulties. You've got some things coming against your life. got this health challenge. got this other thing. thing. Uh, you okay? I'm really worried about you. Well, wait a minute. Don't be. I have faith. Come on. I have faith in God. I believe His promise, His word. You don't need to stay up at night wait, worrying about me. Everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Don't act like I don't have faith. <laughs> Come on. Everybody with me now? See how this works? It's the same. It's just a spiritual weapon versus a natural one. But is it less effective? Hammer to nail, faith to problem? No, absolutely not. It is in no way in, inferior to the hammer. Praise God. And so uh, we want to deal with, uh, uh, with things with spiritual weapons. Again, natural Methods could be hammers, it could be medicine, it could be anything of the physical world. I don't mean that they're wrong. I'm still going to use a physical hammer if I need one. But I'm, when we're talking about life's challenges, I need to use spiritual weapons to overcome. Now, faith is key to our victory, but my faith has got to be more than I believe that God can fix it. All right. It is a pretty low bar. It's an important bar, but it's a low bar for us to say all things are possible with God or he can do anything. Because how many know, even though that's true and even though our belief in that reality is accurate, just because God can do something doesn't mean he's going to. That's not synonymous. Otherwise, there would be zero problems on the planet. Right? So we've got a planet full of problems and a God who can do anything. What, where's the connection there or the misconnection there? All right? I have to have faith not only that God can, that he is able, but also that I can, with his power, overcome. Everybody with me? Okay? I can believe that he can, and that's true and correct, but it's not going to manifest in my life until I believe that I, with his power working in me, can overcome. And that's where we've got to make that, that shift. I'm not talking about faith in self, like self-confidence, self-faith, but rather that we can do, I believe that I can do what God says I can do. Amen. Everybody with me? I'm not, there's not a humanist method. You can do it. You know, in, in that way, just drawing on human wisdom. No, by myself, I'm in trouble. But I believe that I can, 
with God's help, his power, his strength, overcome anything in life. All right? That's the belief that is important and necessary for each and every one of us. Philippians 2.13 from the New Living reads this way. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. All right. So my faith then is believing that God is, present tense, working in me, fixing desires and ability. So that's still faith in God. But how many know it's faith in God in me? Not faith in God out there to do whatever he decides to do, you know, independent of what I need. <laughs> it's faith in God in me so I can push away the alcohol. So I can set aside the anger. Right? So I can stop spending money I don't have. So I can walk in health. Yeah. It's God working in me. I like that. Take out the word desire and just go to power. Put that up again. Uh, for it is God giving you the power to do what pleases him. Let me re rephrase. God is working in me so I have the ability to do what's right. I have the ability to act right, to live right. I have the ability to do what I'm supposed to do. Let, let's, let's rehearse that for a moment. Would you say it out loud with me? Say, I believe, I believe that God is working in me now, giving me the ability, the power to act right, to live right. Yeah, so, so, so none of us should ever say, I can't, I, I lack the ability. Instead of doing that, say, God is working in me, giving me the ability. Amen. Amen. What if I fail? Then respond to your failure and say, but God is working in me right here, right now. And I will not remain in this ditch. I will not remain in the, under the control of this substance, of this behavior, of this activity. I have God working in me. Because of that, his power enables me to be victorious. All right. I tell you, being a real Christian, it doesn't mean you're pretty positive like all the time. Because even in trial or test, we see answers. We see victory. We see him empowering us to overcome. Amen. We're never throwing in the towel. He is always giving us the power to act right. Now, in order to take proper steps of faith, again, let me emphasize, not just steps, not just do something, but steps of faith, that is acting on the word of God. In order for me to take steps of faith, I need to have a couple things really clear. One is where I'm going. Otherwise, which direction do I take a step? Where, where do I want to be? But how many know beyond that, I need to know where I am? Where am I and where, where do I want to be? I know in many malls, you can find, if you go to a big mall and you're looking for a particular store or type of store, you might be able to find one of those big maps on the wall or on a stand and it'll show you the outline of the whole entire mall and you can look through the list and say, okay, there's the shoe store. There it is. But how many know that alone by itself doesn't do you any good other than you know it's there? Yeah. 
If it's a big mall and multi-layers, you could spend a lot of time walking around that thing. Just because you found out it exists doesn't mean you're going to end up in that store. What else do you need? You need that red dot. You need that dot that says, you are here. Because if I don't know where I am, how am I going to know if I turn right or left? If I go this way or that way or upstairs or downstairs, if I don't know where I am, it doesn't matter if I know where the store is. Okay, this the store is upstairs, but what, what, what floor am I on? Right? Okay, in, in God and in faith, things are similar. It, it's, it's, it's like, uh, you know, GPS is a huge blessing. You know that? Uh, I know it is when we drive. I, some of you know I, I like to fly. And airplanes, uh, all, new, new technology is lots of GPS. Old technology, pilots would get lost because they have paper maps. And even when I was learning to fly, we had paper maps, uh, sectionals, they'd call them. You bring them in the plane. And locating yourself, if you couldn't do it visually, challenging. All right? And uh, there's different equipment that would, that would help you locate. You have to connect to different airports and see, airports and see where the, the, uh, the, the, you know, you're off this radial from this port, airport and this radial from this nav aid, and you'd find yourself that way. Oh, too much work. <laughs> Now, GPS, you punch in your airport and say direct to, and it draws a line for you, right? And it says you are 50 miles away from this, from Boise or something. And, and you know exactly where, you, much more difficult to get lost, all right? I need to know where I am, then I'll know where I can go. And I want you to consider uh, knowing yourself. Knowing your own beliefs. Knowing not just what God can do, but what you can believe. They're not always synonymous. Okay? In the, in the flying world, again, there are many regulations as to who can fly what and fly it where. Especially when you get around cities and airports. Speeds and visibility requirements and separation from clouds and all this kind of stuff. And there are what, what are called minimums that an airplane in these conditions can fly down uh, this close to the ground before they have to see the runway to land, all right? And what pilots will often do is they will, they have to, they have to know what's allowed, but then they have to make another decision. And they're, they're called personal minimums. All right, so this approach allows me to fly to 200 feet above the ground, but personally, I'm going to say I'm going with 1,000 or something like that because even though I'm allowed to do that, I'm not sure I'm going to live. <laughs> and so you can legally die, <laughs> or, and it just it's a, sometimes depending on how frequent they fly and how... Uh, proficient they are in doing. They say, this is my personal minimums. This is kind of true in our faith life, in our prayer life, in our decision making with how we deal with obstacles. Okay? We've got the potential. The, well, what are God's minimums? Well, he can do all things. He's all powerful. Okay, that's true. I need to believe that. That's an important foundational understanding I have in this relationship. But the next question is, 
okay, but what about me? What do I believe? Where am I with this challenge? And just because someone else flies down to 200 feet above the ground, should I do that? Am I that confident? Am I that proficient? Say, well, how do I answer that? You have to answer it for yourself. But I would say, how often do you pray and get answers? Say, well, I don't, I don't do that. I pretty much rely on natural weapons. Well, your minimums are going to be higher. But if, you're, if you have an active prayer life, you trust God for things, I'm thinking you probably are in a good place to trust God for, for bigger and better consistently. Okay? And so, all things are possible with God, but what do you believe? How many know we don't receive according to God's ability, but we receive according to our faith? And that's why I need to know what I believe. Not what the church believes. Well, our group, we believe this. That's fine, but what do you believe? And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not talking, well, I believe in the, you know, the Trinity. I believe in the authority of God's Word. I'm talking about, those are important too. I'm talking about what you believe you are to do. What you believe is going to happen in your life, you know, with present circumstances that you're facing. What do you believe in that moment? That is part of the equation. It's the red dot. It's the I am here. You are here. And this determines my direction. Let me give you a few scriptures so you'll know that this concept is biblical. Uh, Jesus said, Matthew, uh, see, Matthew 9, 29, then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it to you. Now, now is according to your faith different than according to my power? Yes. Totally different. Not the same. Jesus said, you're going to get what you believe according to your faith. Matthew 8, 13, then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, let it be done for you. And the servant was healed that same hour. What, what, what was the measurement to what would be done? His belief. It'll be to you as you have believed. What if he didn't believe? As he believed, or lack thereof, it would be done. Okay. In Mark 5, 34, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Okay, now again, analyze the words. If you want to be victorious, consider these matters. This is very relevant to your life. There'll come a moment when you need to use this. Jesus said, according to or your faith has made you well. Is that different than God has made you well? Because he could have said that. Jesus could have said, God made you well. He could have said, I healed you. He didn't. He said, your faith did this for you. You got what you believed. The power of God is unlimited. That's not in flux. We're not questioning that. I need to know and be assured of what I Believe. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Everybody okay? Yeah. Now think about it. If your faith, this woman here who was healed, if her faith would heal her, extrapolate with me for a moment. You think we could throw some other statements in there? Yeah. Meaning if, if faith will heal you, will it break a bad habit? Yeah. Will 
uh, will it remove a curse of failure? Where you fail at everything you put your hand to. Could your faith change that? Could heal this woman. Could it make your prayers go from ineffective to effective? Could, could your faith bring peace? You know, you're in turmoil and chaos and lack peace. You can hardly sleep. Well, if it can heal someone's body, you think it could do that? Could it restore someone's joy? Could it bring answers to relational conflict? Meaning the wisdom of God. You know James. He said, use your faith for, for wisdom. It would bring answer. I just don't see a whole lot of things that are off the table when I see Jesus talking to people like this. As you believed, according to your faith, you can have this. I'm thinking this is real important to God, not just what he can do, but what I can believe. All right? So consider it in other areas of, of life. Let's say that you want to um, go on a diet. Has anybody ever been on a diet? Does anybody hate diets? <laughs> uh, in my unprofessional observation, I'm not an expert in diets is what I'm saying, other than I've been eating for a while. <laughs> Plan to continue. Uh, uh, in my observation of diets, I think most of them work. Meaning if you follow the, the guidelines, the most popular things, there's probably some weird things out there I'm not aware of. Uh, but they'll tell you, eat more of this, eat less of this, you know, exercise like this, that kind of stuff. If you follow those patterns for most programs, you're going to lose weight. So it's almost like all things are possible. And I can believe that, but that's not the only part of the equation, is whether the diet works. You know what the other part of that equation is? <laughs> it's me. And I need to find the red dot and say, I am here. I want to be here. Am I willing to walk up these stairs to get to this store? Am I willing to cut this out of my diet, fill in the blank, and do that either permanently or, you know, you know, strong and then progressively less or something. Am I willing to do that? And I have to know me. Otherwise, if it's not, I shouldn't do that diet. If I read that and think, there's no way I'm eating Brussels sprouts and peas and that's my diet. That would be hell on earth. <laughs> and if that's what I have to do to get in shape, I like fat. <laughs> now, someone else may say, I love that. I'm doing it. Is that a real diet? <laughs> More power to you. You know where you are. You know who you are. You know what you can do. You know what you're willing to do, what you can stick with. I know what I'm willing to do, what I can stick with. That's what I'm saying. That's the problem with most dieting is it's short term, right? Uh, they lose weight, but we, we lose weight, then we gain it back and so forth. I need to know what I'm willing to do, what I can do. And if I don't determine that, I'm setting myself up for failure. And then I have less confidence the next time this comes around. Hallelujah. What about debt? Well, if the problem is debt, all right, okay, here's what works universally. The calculator. And that's an important first step. If I have these payments and these, this 
debt that I owe, I should do the math. And if I'm not good at math, I should seek help. Someone do the math for me. Here's my income, here's my outgo. Because we have to be smarter than our government, right? <laughs> but a lot of us aren't. We decry, 32 trillion, you fools! And we're doing the same thing, personally. I'm saying it's a... I'm saying it's a problem on both ends. Hallelujah. So we need to know income, outgo. We need to do the math. And then, how many know we, once we know the numbers, this is what I'm bringing in, this is what's going out, and this is what I need to trust God for. But how many know getting out of debt is often more involved than just believing God for in more income? Because many of us, if we have more income, what do we also have? More outgo. Yeah, we, we know how to spend. We are professional spenders. And so I need to know the math component, but then I need to know what I'm willing to do. If I see I can do these, 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 this, and this, and I can save $1,000 every month or something, and I can wipe out these credit cards and, and, and so forth, that may be true on, the, on paper, but am I willing to eat rice? <laughs> or I'm never going out to eat or something like that. I'm willing to cut off this service and this Product. I'm willing to sell this car and get this other car. I'm willing to do all these things. And you have to know, I'm willing to do that or I'm not willing to do that. I'm not saying don't do anything if you're not willing to do something. I'm saying measure what you can stick with and make some determination. What can I believe? When it comes to receiving finances with the Lord's help, can you believe for an extra hundred here, an extra thousand here, an extra, you know, increase over here at the job or what can you believe God is able and willing to help all of us what do I believe in this scenario that will determine some of my steps going forward even when it comes to healing when it comes to overcoming sickness and disease uh, if if you've been around here very long you know by his stripes we were healed all right, I've written on it, spoke on it. We do healing services and prayers in every service for people's healing, and we see amazing results. Okay, we know it's possible, we know it can be, but we also know lots of people are still sick, yeah. right? So the question goes again to not what can be, not what potentially will be your experience, is what do you believe? One, one, one of the questions that comes up sometimes in regards to that is, uh, when someone has some type of condition or diagnosis and they're asking, should I have surgery? Should I go through this procedure? Should I take this medication? Those type of things. Or should I trust God? And uh, how many know if you're, if you're a, a, a Christian, there's never a question of whether you should trust God. Never ask, should I be in faith about this? Always be in faith about everything. What is the will of God in this matter? What should I do? But the question of, should I have this thing cut out? Or should I have this done? That's a legitimate question that needs an answer, not based solely on what God can do, but that dot. Everybody with me? You are here. And that is personally answered. What do I believe that I need to do? If someone's convinced I'll just pray the prayer of faith or I'll get some people to pray with me. I'll be healed. This is easy. Then that's your answer. Often people have been surprised when I say this, when, when people come and they say, Pastor, what do you think? Should I, get, should I have this surgery or should I just pray? 
I say, well, you probably ought to have the surgery. <laughs> Why would you say that? Well, because you asked. In other words, right now where you are, you're not certain. There's an uncertainty. There's a lack of assurance of whether you'll be healed by the power of God. So how, get the surgery out. That's no condemnation in that. I'll be happy to pray with you. Pray to be successful. That God will help you heal supernaturally fast and all this kind of stuff. But you need to know where you are. Right? I'm not encouraging that as a general rule. I'm saying let's believe God. But know where you are. And where you are determines what you're going to believe and how you should act. And so um, you can combine methods sometimes if that's necessary. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to one place. And uh, we just have a few minutes. So go to Luke chapter uh, 17. Luke chapter 17. If someone says, uh, I want to increase my faith and therefore my victory, my overcoming life, and those two are definitely connected. If someone wants to increase their faith, they're not the first one to have that thought or have that question. In, in Luke 17, in verse 5, it reads, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be pulled up by the roots, be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Okay, so I want you to notice, when these guys said to Jesus, increase our faith, Jesus didn't say, oh, sure, be happy to do that. Just turn up the knob here. Now you've got more faith. Nor did he say, absolutely not. No, not increasing your faith. He, what he did was explain how it worked. Because how many know faith doesn't come by praying? Faith doesn't come by asking for more faith. If we're doing that, I recommend quit. That's a failed prayer. How come the Lord isn't answering me? Because it's a bad question. <laughs> the Lord's answer is explanation. The principles of faith function like this. They function like the mustard seed. He didn't say if you have faith. He said if you have faith as. If you have faith as, what's that? The, the mustard seed, which is small, but grows when planted. If someone wants more faith, they should know, first of all, that, that the size, if you were to compare it to that, can produce big results. Small things produce big results. But also, seeds are designed to be planted and thus produce large results. So, in, in my world, I'm saying, if I need to be stronger in faith, more convinced of the reality of God's promise, my approach to that is not, Lord, fix me. Lord, help me. It is taking what I know and what I believe and acting on it. I must put it into practice. I must use it. Get that seed out of the little seed bag and put it in some good dirt. And it'll start doing things. If I take my faith in God's word and begin to use it, it will start producing, it will start growing, it will produce what other people's in their seed bag will never produce. Everybody okay? See, faith doesn't come by praying. Remember Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It is this, this activity of hearing. In other words, I get a revelation of truth. I hear it. How many know you can be in church and not hear? 
But, but problems don't, don't give you a pass because you weren't paying attention in church. I hear it, and then I take what I hear, and I act on it. I put it into practice. Specifically, he said, someone said, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to, what do you mean act on it? I don't know how to act on it. Here's the starting point. He said, if you have faith, you can say. Take out the words, the mustard seed and the mulberry tree. If you have faith, you can say. That's what any of us can do. Lord, I don't know what to do. Here's what you know to do. You can say. Say, what do I say? You say what you believe. You say what God's promise is. You speak to the tree, to the, the fig tree, the mountain, the mulberry tree. We speak to the problem. That's how faith functions. That's how faith acts. If I need an act of faith to begin the process of this overcoming victorious life, I start with my mouth. And I know I took three weeks on talking about that, but this is the faith connection that brings that into practice. Where am I? Where's my dot? Where's my GPS locator? Where do I want to go? Okay. Now I, I use my mouth to guide me in the direction I'm going. You can speak to cancer. You can speak to financial problems. You can speak to addictions. You can speak to anger. You can speak to any foul spirit that's messing with you. If you're not sure, it probably is. <laughs> uh, in other words, it's the same source. Someone says, is this a demon? Do I need deliverance? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, because the same word that drives out a, a problem of sorts will drive out the demon that's enforcing that. We're not going to deliverance sessions. That's not biblical. No example of that in Scripture. All right? But you can speak to the mountain. You can speak to the demon. You can speak to the problem. And your faith will drive that thing out. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. And so uh, taking steps of faith again then is acting on the Word of God this is far different from waiting for God to do something. We're not going to sit back and wait for God to do something. We're going to be aggressive, assertive. We're going to take steps. Not just steps, but steps of faith. That means there's a word of God attached to what we're doing. Amen? And that is what connects us to the power. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Father, I thank you for working in here today by your spirit, by your power.